In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Scott Pentrack. Scott, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, mate. I've travelled from Cleveland to Frankfurt. Now I'm in Portugal and I fly to New York tomorrow. So it's been a, a crazy week. Oh, my gosh. You're everywhere. Yeah, and I, I know you like your golf, Scott. I'm, I'm here on a bachelor party and they're all playing golf. You play <laughs> golf. You, you, you're good at golf, aren't you? I'm okay. I had a good round the other day, actually. And uh, what'd you play off? Well, I shot the other day. I shot 79. What's that like, European? What's like your handicap? Well, my handicap is probably a 12, but that would be like a five if I played that every day. Okay, very good. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go on the golf course after this uh, podcast. But um, mate, I was over in Ohio driving around, and I listened to you on the radio. It was really nice. There you go. See. See, I'm for real. I'm not making this up. Um, obviously, a lot of people do listen outside of uh, the USA. It is really nice when you're in uh, Cleveland. You can just put the radio one on your car and listen to Ken Carmen yourself, and it's just so relaxing and enjoyable. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've been off the scene for a couple of days. I've seen some headlines, so it'd be great for you to um, fill in any gaps for me. I noticed you did this good article on Randall about. Greg uh, Williams, it'd be good if you just go into a little bit more detail about that for us. Yeah, you know, he, it was interesting. Demarius isn't, he's a talker, you know. So when he got in front of the whole group yesterday, he got asked about Greg and he said, next question. And he didn't want to talk about it. And, and that's just not like um, Demarius. So I followed him over to his locker later and I said, hey, you know, I know you don't, I know you're not a huge fan of Greg. You know, would you do something like this Hugh Jackson thing? If you had an interception, would you hand him the ball? And he said, nope, he's not getting a ball, not from me. And then I asked him, and then we were talking to him, and, and I said, well, what, what, like, what's the problem with you and Greg? And I know he didn't like playing so far off the line of scrimmage, and he, didn't, he told me at the end of training camp how that Tampa game last year, Greg told him on Friday that he was going to be playing corner against Mike Evans man-to-man, and he practiced all week at safety. So that bothered him, but this seemed different. So then he just said, I have a lot of hate for Greg Williams. Like, that was he was that strong about it. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, the thing that's most interesting to me is, at the end of last year, because the Browns went 5-3 and three with Greg as the interim coach, you know, there are a lot of people who thought that, you know, he should be the head coach and it'd be a good idea. And it, to me, that just shows you that he really never had a chance. And not just because of what Demarius said, but there's a lot of people that feel that, feel that way about Greg. Maybe not quite as strongly, but I, I just don't think he had a lot of support inside the locker room. I think people in the building had been around him long enough that said, we don't want this guy to be our head coach. Yeah, it's really interesting because obviously from a fan's point of view is we all liked Greg Williams and it's very nice 
to know the type of character he's at, he is, and he rallies the team, the fans. You know, we're going to do everything we can to win. We're going to be physical. If, it, if we hurt someone, it doesn't really matter. Now, when you're going up against him, you kind of don't want to hear that. No, I mean, it's, I, I think there really is a fine line there between, yeah, between playing physical and really put, even pushing the limits to crossing that line and encouraging guys to get hurt. And if that really carried over the preseason, like OBJ said, that's unacceptable. And, you know, I think you just have to flip it because, yeah, okay, if they hurt the other team, who cares? But what if the other defensive coordinators saying the same thing to his team about your guys? You know I mean? This league can't exist if everybody's trying to maim everybody else. You know, you need to see your best player. People want to see Odell on the field. People want to see Le'Veon Bell on the field. You can't be telling you guys to take him out. And we know Greg's history, right? We know Greg's history with it in the bounty. Yeah. And but then on the flip side, it's so competitive. You know, you've, you've got such a small career in the NFL. And that 1% of pushing everything to the limit, to the wire, just to get that win, it, it is a tough call because, let's, let's be honest, American football is physical. Yeah, for sure. But I think, I think if you play the game long enough, you know that line between physical and dirty. And I, we'll probably talk about OBJ. And I'm not saying – like that Brian Body Calhoun hit in the preseason that OBJ is still fired up about, I didn't think that was dirty. I thought he tried to make a tackle and he went low. And that was my perception at the time. And I, maybe I feel a little bit differently about it after hearing Odell yesterday. But it was a – I mean, there was a big deal made out of when it happened because Odell was hurt. And I didn't think Body tried to hurt him on purpose. So – but that there are guys who do try to hurt guys on purpose. And there are dirty players. We've seen Ndamukong Sue over and over. We've seen Vontez Perfect. And there may be an extreme – but if Greg Williams is trying to get his guys to play at that extreme, I have a problem with that. What do you think about Odell's comments? Uh, very interesting. Um, I think it changes the dynamic to this game to some degree. You know, obviously we're going to be talking about Greg Williams regardless, but this changes it, and you're going to be watching every hit to see what it looks like and if it looks like it's dirty or not. Um, I found it interesting that he says all of his leg injuries started with the high ankle sprain in 2017. And, you know, obviously he knows his body best. And he said a doctor told him, hey, you better expect the quad injury that happened last year. So it's a whole 16, 18 months later, something like that. And he gets the quad injury. And I just wonder if, you know, and I, I've never been a highly tuned athlete, so I don't know. So I'm not speaking as an expert, but guys heal from things, right? So just because you have a high ankle sprain in 2017 doesn't mean the hip injury that Odell's been dealing with. I would like to think at some point you get back to 100%. And maybe he just has never gotten to 100% yet. Uh, but it's, I think it's a reason to be concerned about Odell moving forward if he's worried about his body breaking down. And – you know, the overall take is that he and probably other guys in the league still think that Greg Williams is teaching dirty play 
And after that bounty scandal, that's that's a really strong claim from OBJ. Yeah, I um, I've been traveling a lot, and I, I just googled Greg Williams to see if he's come out and done any uh, press conferences. But he seems to be very quiet about everything. I think I think he's talking today. Okay, that'd be amazing, Scott. From my view, once again, as a fan's view, Greg left in in a high position towards the Browns. So I don't think there's any bad blood. I know that Blake Williams got let go very quickly and uh, was basically a, a just a, a message versus someone explaining to him why he got left. But I can't see there been a lot of bad blood between Greg Williams and the Browns. Um, no. I think it's I think it's on an individual basis, right? I, I, Demarius Randall, yes. Um, obviously, Odell, who wasn't even here when Greg was here, yes. Um, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, I think they all have issues with Greg Williams. Freddie doesn't, you know, unless Freddie was lying to us, which I don't think he was. When we talked to him, whatever day this week, Tuesday, we talked about Greg. Maybe maybe it was Thursday even. Um, no, that was it. It was so stupid. When we talked to Greg, Freddie about Greg, he had nothing but positive things to say. He said, I can't say anything about it, bad about Greg. We have a bond from last season. So I think some people in the building probably were fine with Greg. You know, maybe even John Dorsey. I don't know. That's interesting. How, but having said that, I don't think Greg was ever a really serious candidate to get the head coaching job on a permanent basis just because of everything that goes with Greg. I think – not that he's not a good coach. I just think when you're around him for a long time, he can wear out his welcome. Got you. And uh, what's, your, what's your views on the Jets game? Bell looks like he's going to be playing, and Sam Darnold is out. Yeah. I, I mean, it's big. Obviously, anytime you lose your, you lose your starting quarterback, right? Um, you know, I think Simeon, he's a Northwestern guy like myself, so I appreciate that. And I've seen him play a decent amount. And he's a competent quarterback. I always thought he was a guy that maybe the Browns should look at as a possible backup. But he's not a big-time player. Doesn't mean he can't play well for one week. But you'd expect there to be a drop-off from Sam Darnold. But I'll say this, Sam Darnold did not play great in the opener against Buffalo. So this is a huge game for the Browns. They need to win it. If they can stop Le'Veon Bell from killing him, they should have a really good chance to win it. They should be highly motivated because they know all the stats about starting 0-2 and how difficult it is to go to the playoffs after that. And they should be motivated because they played so poorly last week and they should have the pride to rebound and show that that's not them. And I think they will. I'm concerned that people are thinking immediate win just because Donald's not playing. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think – I think fans should be careful about that. I think the team should, too. I would like to hope, you know, if you're, if you're rooting for the Browns, I think the hope should be that these guys aren't overconfident two weeks in a row. And perhaps they were last week, but they should have learned their lesson and can't be overconfident again. And if they come out and lay an egg and think they can walk over Sam Darnold, then Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey have a big problem on their hands as far as the mindset and the mentality of this team because you have to be better than that. Also, some of the news this week I haven't really spoken about was the awful news about Chris Smith's 
a wife or girlfriend, girlfriend. yeah, passing away. So obviously condolences to the, uh, the Smith family. Has there been any updates on that at all? No, I mean, we talked to the players yesterday, you know, because they were off Wednesday when the news came out. And it's, I mean, it's just awful. I, I don't, you know, I talked to Joel Petonio yesterday about it. And Joel's a great guy to begin with. And I asked him, and I said, you know, how do you process it when you have a little baby girl and Chris Harris's, Chris Harris and the girlfriend that just got killed, they had a baby less than a month ago. And now the mom's gone. Like, I don't even know how you process that. And that's what Joel said. He goes, I can't even think about that. So, you know, tragedy strikes in different forms. And this is, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's morose to even rank them. But this strikes me as one of the worst possible things. And how it happened, and the fact that Chris watched it happen, all of it. I just don't know. I just don't know how you deal with that as a person. I know the team is trying to do everything they can to help him. Chad Thomas said they kind of just sat around Chris in his bed on Wednesday. So it's, you know, it's unspeakable. And the Browns are doing all they can for Chris. He's a really good guy. He's a locker room favorite. So it's just a tragic story on every level. Yes, Scott, I don't know the details, but when you said he watched it without going too graphic, what do you mean? Uh, well, in a nutshell, he's driving home. They get a, their tire blows out, and they hit the medium on the median on the highway. So they get out of the car because you know, because whatever, because you get out of the car because you're wrecked, right? And you're on the side of the road. They're off to the side, and a woman drives up and hits the two open passenger doors, and then hits the girlfriend. Oh, awful. Yep. And then the, to make it even worse, the woman according to police, told police she'd been drinking. Awful. Yep. That's always my thing. I never, ever drink, drive, Ubers. Yeah, it's not if you can drive, you can kill yourself, it's other people. So um, exactly. I, you know, I don't want this to make a, this be a sad podcast. And um, yeah, any other thing that's been happening this week that, um, that you've noticed? Um, obviously, Higgins, ankle, any injuries on that at all? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That's, I think that bears watching. Uh, you know, he told us Tuesday that he would play. Most definitely I'll play. But then when we watched practice yesterday, we watched the beginning part, he wasn't doing much at all. So I, I think that's something that bears watching. We won't get the official final injury report to, till tomorrow. And my guess is it'll say he's questionable. And, and that's a big deal. You know, he's, he keeps exceeding my expectations, number one. And he caught a bunch of balls early last week. And then Ratley comes in, and there's a drop-off. And, you know, this week, Ratley will be better prepared, you would think, because he's taken a lot of reps during practice. But that bears watching because all of a sudden, teams can devote a lot of attention to OBJ and Jarvis, and then Ratley's going to have to come up big. And the, the other names that have been on the injury list, Andreas uh, Taylor, Kendall Lamb, our swing tackle. Yeah, that's, he's not going to play. So I think the Browns are at least confident that, that new, uh, the new lineman, Justin McCray, that he can step in and be their swing tackle. And, that, you know, I don't know if that's a leap or not. He's played a lot of guard. He's played a lot of right tackle. You know, maybe he would just go to right tackle and Hubbard would go to left tackle again like they did last week. 
when Greg Robinson inexplicably, you know, inexplicably gets thrown out of the game. Uh, but that's, that's a concern because they don't have a whole lot of depth there, but they must think that Lamb's not going to miss a lot of time because they didn't put him on IR. They didn't make the roster move. And then Darius Taylor didn't play much against the Jets, or I'm sorry, against the Titans because the Browns were in three safety personnel so much. But he's their third linebacker. So that bumps up either Taki Taki or Mac Wilson. And one of those guys is going to see more time than originally was planned in the defense. Got you. One question for you, Scott, is if Lamb's not playing on Monday, who, who will be the, um, that last O-line spot? Well, McCray will be up. I mean, you know, the, the starting five is the same. And then McCray would be your backup tackle. And then they have a decision to make between Wyatt Teller and Austin Corbett as the top interior guy. And then maybe they keep all eight up. Last week they only kept seven. And then, you know, through injury and the ejection, they were down to their final five. So that's, a, that's an interesting question because Wyatt Teller was late getting here obviously the trade right before the season. Then Corbett, who we all know and has been a disappointment, you know, if he's your last lineman, which if he's inactive, that means he is, it doesn't bode well for his future. All right, Scott. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. What's your plan over the weekend? Where are you going to be watching the game? I'll just be watching at home. I thought for a while I was going to go, but then we decided not to go there. I'm going to go to Baltimore. I'll go to some of these trips, but it's tough with the primetime game. You just don't get enough coverage in the paper. And, you know, even on the web, everything happens real late. So um, I'll be glued to my TV, uh, taking copious notes and tweeting a little bit. Yeah, do you know what? It's actually really nice watching a game in front of the TV with a laptop, your phone, and you can really digest what's going on with the commercials and do your tweeting. It is, it is nice. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's way less hectic. and. I, I prefer to be at every game, but the benefit, especially for a primetime national TV game, is you get to hear everything said about the team. And when you're locked in at the stadium, you miss some of that. Some of that. Well, I'm, I'm going out to the Jets. I'm flying out in Sunday morning. I'm going to grab some pizza. There's a huge Browns backer meetup. I think it's going to be like 500 to 1,000 Browns fans in one pub. Oh, my gosh. So that would be great on the Sunday night. And then the Monday – I think you can't start tailgating until like four o'clock. So I'll do some sightseeing in the morning and then four o'clock tailgate and then look forward to the game. Well, that's awesome. And then I come back to England and have a, have a little bit of a break from traveling so much. Wow, good luck. Yeah, good, thanks. And uh, Scott, thanks a lot for all your time. It's, it's an absolute pleasure speaking with you. It's always great to hear the inside. Where can people find your details? Yeah, I'm just on Twitter. It's Scott Petrak. And then... You can read all the stories on uh, the website, brownszone.com. Excellent. All right, Scott, go Browns. I'm (laughs) hoping hoping for a W this week. It's got to be a W. Yeah, they need it.